In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He is headed there to die, to sacrifice himself for the sins of the whole world. By this death, he wins victory over sin and death and hell. But Mrs. Zebedee isn't so interested in that. She wants to know what kind of influence little Jimmy and Johnny will have in the Lord's kingdom. She wants them to be honored above all the rest. And naturally, this ambition leads to division among the twelve. The rest of the disciples become indignant. They are upset. And I don't know that they're upset that someone would get these coveted positions, but that James and John presumed themselves to be among the others, above the others. So no longer are the disciples interested in contending for the faith once delivered to all the saints. Now each one is interested in his own honor and glory. They have followed the ways of the Gentiles, the way of the world. If you want to be popular in this life, then you need money, influence, status, a name. If you want people to pay attention to you, then you have to grab it for yourself. It's not limited to those Gentiles. The scribes and Pharisees do the same. They are concerned with being seen, with honor among men, getting the best seats in the house, being respected and addressed by their many titles. But Jesus says, do not be like they are. They preach, but without practice. They tie up heavy burdens and set them upon others while they, at the same time, are unwilling to lift a finger. They travel over land and sea to make a convert, but a disciple who follows the scribes and Pharisees will find himself becoming twice the son of hell that they are. You see, the way to the top comes at the expense of others. Those at the top are there because they want to exercise control, They want to set the standard, determine the agenda, and set the trends. They raise themselves up, and in order to accomplish it, they push others down. They are manipulators, tyrants, even enslavers. Now, among us, we look at the world and we see those, all those who are at the top. And sometimes it seems like life would run a lot better if someone I knew was running things. Maybe even me. Then I could set everything right. I could accomplish everything according to my own goals. Those petty tyrants of the world wouldn't get in the way. And we think there would be peace. And so James and John are eager to do whatever it takes to get there. So when Jesus asks his mysterious question about drinking a cup, these two disciples seem to jump over themselves with eagerness. Yes, 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 hand me the cup. Where is it? I'll drink it. 
they're quite ready to drink any cup. But Jesus has another cup in mind, for it is in Gethsemane that he will pray to be excused from the cup his father gives. Even so, he prays also for his father's will to be done, as he himself also teaches us to pray in the Our Father. But while Jesus prays this, these two disciples, James and John, along with Peter, cannot even stay awake for an hour. They wanted earthly power and glory, but they cannot compel even their own heavy eyelids to obey. And Peter's attempt to slay the servant of the high priest only cuts off the man's ear, to which Jesus replies, All who live by the sword will die by the sword. Let the scriptures be fulfilled. Now, Jesus is not unaware of the power and influence and honor that exists in this world. But even though he knows about them, he's not jealous of them. He's a different kind of king than the rulers of all the other nations. You see, he doesn't become king by promising favors to the influential or by making deals with the right people. No, his honor comes in his self-sacrifice. So if you want to be honored or first, it will come by first being a servant and a slave. Instead of grasping for power and trying to build up yourself, you look to your king with trust. You trust that your king is offering a reward that is not to be snatched at and controlled. He doesn't give payments and compensation, but gifts. You see, Jesus has the authority to do what he will with his own. And by his authority, all things in heaven and on earth belong to him. But he does not use this authority to lord it over others or to tyrannize them. But instead, he is generous beyond any measure. So he doesn't sit idly upon his throne up in heaven, governing and overseeing all things from an aloof position. No, he is at work here. He is at work wherever his word is preached rightly and his sacraments administered according to his Lord, according to his institution. This is your Lord's kingdom. So if you wish to receive honor from Jesus, then you seek something very good. But don't expect the honor given to Pharisees or the fame of a celebrity. Instead, meekly follow where your king leads you. Join the linted pilgrimage to the remembrance of his coronation. See him lifted up there, enthroned upon that rugged cross, that title inscribed above his head in mock irony. For here is where Jesus comes into his kingdom. He comes into his kingdom not with a glorious display of power, flanked by his chief advisors, but in humility, 
beaten and bruised, mocked and spat upon, crucified naked and killed. Sinners on every side. Yes, ask to be honored with Jesus, but also know what it is that you are asking. You are asking to join the one who has all power and dominion and glory, but he is also the one who gives himself as the sacrifice for sin. So if you are to share in his glory, then you must also share in his humility. To ask to follow his way means that you are to die to yourself. That's why Jesus says following him means taking up your cross. No one who follows Jesus can escape the cross. See, those two disciples were eager for the cup, but they didn't know they were asking to share with Jesus and drinking the cup of the Father's wrath against sin. That cup was not for them. That cup was intended for Jesus. When Jesus drinks that cup, he gives up everything the world regards as honorable. He loses his reputation before men. He suffers as the worst sinner of all time. He embraces the cross. No, the Father did not deliver Jesus from drinking the cup of wrath. But Jesus has drunk it all down to its very dregs. There is no wrath of God left for you. This cup is now dry. And so now Jesus invites all to share in his love and his humility, to follow him in taking the lowest place, in being the servant and the slave of all, to take up the life governed by his life, his authority, his sacrifice. For by this life he gives us honor beyond anything that our human ambition can imagine. It is handed over to us freely, lavishly. So you can look at the treasure and the honor of the world and laugh and scorn. You have something far better than honor among men or money in this life. You have the forgiveness of your sins. You have eternal life with Jesus. You have a clean conscience and the comfort of your Lord's promises. The Father has raised and honored Jesus. And so he's going to do the same thing for you. Now, one more more thing about that cup. Not only does Jesus give us the benefits of his great cup that he drank upon the cross, But now he gives also the cup, which is the New Testament, in his blood. He sets this great cup into the hands of sinful men to distribute, so that many may share in the highest honor of all, to share in the life of God. So if anyone boasts, let him boast in what the Lord gives. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.